1: Are you ready to unlock your full potential? Then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts.
2: Hey, my name's Otis Gray, host of The Daily Book Club, a daily podcast where I read wonderful old books one chapter at a time. Simple as that. Whether you want to get engaged and lost in a fascinating story that has stood the test of time or just relax to a good book, relax, and get lost in the Daily Book Club. What Was That Like? contains adult language and content and is not intended for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised.
0: Welcome to What Was That Like? I'm your host, Scott Johnson. This is a show where we talk to regular people, people just like you or just like me, who have found themselves in an extremely unusual situation. We'll hear their stories and get inside their head because we all want to know, what was that like? More information about each episode at whatwasthatlike.com. Here we go. Every year, thousands of people all over the world go hang gliding. Some people are experienced and you know pretty serious about the sport, and they own their own gliders and their and the other equipment. And there are others who are just kind of curious about what it feels like to soar through the air, you know, just silently, with the only sound being the wind in your face. Chris was in that second category. He and his wife Gail live here in Florida, and they were vacationing in Switzerland recently and they booked a hang gliding adventure. And since neither of them had ever done any hang gliding, they would each have their own pilot who would be handling the glider. So two hang gliders, Gail and her pilot in one, and Chris with his pilot in the other one. So they climb to the top of a big hill, and Chris gets his harness on just as instructed, and when the wind is just right, he and the pilot go running down the hill, and within seconds they're airborne and gaining altitude pretty quickly. Only one problem. Chris was not attached in any way to the hang glider. The pilot had somehow forgotten that critical part of the process. So Chris is literally hanging by his hands while they are thousands of feet in the air as the pilot tries desperately to land as quickly as he can. Makes you want to go hang gliding, right? And the fun thing is the whole flight is on video. Chris had his GoPro camera attached to the back of the glider, so you can see the whole thing as it happens. The video is in the show notes for this episode at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash 14, and a little warning, it might not be something that everyone would want to watch. So let's find out what that was like from Chris. Before this happened, had you ever had any kind of close brush with death before?
3: never no it's uh this was uh uh first time for me for anything as crazy as that wow and hopefully the last right yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right you live here in
0: florida actually not too far from me even um right. maybe I'm, I'm just up in the tampa bay area oh, okay yeah. um oh so, yeah we're not too far but this happened in switzerland right yes okay so you were like on vacation and uh and yeah. matter of fact as i think i recall this was the first day of your vacation
3: yeah yeah me and my wife uh we like to travel different places and uh, it was it was on our bucket list to come to Switzerland. We usually do something on vacation that's interesting, you know, and normally it's ziplining. We've ziplined in, you know, four or five different countries. You know, it's it's something that we've always done. We've we had our balloon before. Uh, she got me a skydiving trip for uh, my uh, 40th birthday. So, you know, we've, we've gone to the air a few times. Um this time she, you know, was looking into the hand gliding and, you know, says, You want to do that? And I'm like, Sounds cool. Let's do it. So
0: you both are kind of adventure seekers, it sounds like.
3: Uh, nothing crazy. You know, zip lining's just, you know, zip in between. It's it's pretty safe. Uh hot air balloon was awesome. I love that. The floating up effortlessly was cool. Hand gliding was just a, another part of, of something like that. And uh so we, that's the only thing we actually said ahead of time when we went to Switzerland. The rest of the trip was going to be just exploring.
0: You know, the common theme among all those things is heights. Yeah. So obviously neither of you have a fear of heights. Oh, no. Oh, no. Okay. Good. Well, I, I, I actually bungee jumped once.
1: I haven't
0: done No, you got you to try that. That's pretty cool. But what I found interesting was that the um, the adrenaline doesn't leave your body very quickly. I no. had a hard time sleeping that night. <laughs> so you got to Switzerland your first day. You're looking for the, did, I assume you probably booked this hang gliding trip uh, ahead of time, right? You had a reservation.
3: Yeah. That's the only thing we did ahead of time uh, was the hang gliding reservation. Uh, my wife picked it out, uh, you know, found it. Everything looked cool on her website. Safety rating was good. You know, it, like we always do. We check out the safety rating, the reviews and all the reviews are great. And, so we we booked it. Does this, the service that you use, do they
0: have several pilots or is this like a one-man operation or how is it set up?
3: Now, there's several pilots. Um, I think it's just, you know, luck of the draw, who you get that day. And uh, the owner wasn't actually at the facility. He was, uh, I think he was on vacation. So we got two of the other pilots and, uh, you know, they were great. They They picked us up at the hotel. They had another couple of guys that just finished up their flight and they were raving about it. The guy in the front of me said, this was the coolest thing he's ever done. He's done a lot of things. So we were all psyched up. And once we dropped them off, we started heading uh, to the place to, to go get the gliders and get the other pilot. So you were each going to be hang gliding you and your wife. We both did. We, we had two pilots go up and two hang gliders. Okay. All right. I didn't realize that. She had a beautiful flight. (laughs) (laughs) okay do you have any idea how
0: experienced your pilot was
3: they've both talked about it the one guy uh, that my pilot said he was doing it for like 10 12 years so you know I'm, I'm just going by what they say well and they, there's some kind of a license involved too right so oh yeah oh yeah um uh, I think somebody said at one point that uh, my my pilot did do some time uh uh training or working at a, or the place in Orlando that does this. Oh, okay. There's a hang gliding place in Orlando? There's uh, several in Florida. Yeah, they uh there's there's no hill to jump off of in Florida, so they That's what I was thinking. There's no high, there's no hills, yeah. There's a little airplane that pulls you up and then you release the cable and then you release it. Okay.
0: So just before you got on this flight, did you or your wife, either of you have any kind of Hesitation or any kind of bad feeling at all about this?
3: No, not really, not really. Um, you know, before we left on the trip, I thought it was odd that I I started getting really sharp pains in my right hand. I don't know if that's anything to do with anything, but before we left for the trip, I was talking to her and I'm like, "Oh my god, what is wrong with my hand? It's just all of a sudden shooting pains from my hand." It happened like twice. And I didn't think anything of it, so I don't know if you know that's was that. It. And was that the wrist you broke? Yeah, yeah,
0: that was kind of weird. Hmm. <laughs> Foreshadowing, coincidence. <laughs> okay, so you're you're getting ready to go. What kind of orientation do they give you before you
3: take off? Uh, on the way up the hill, they're, they're driving up and they're they're joking around. They're showing us videos of previous flights and other people that were doing it, and they're they're making fun of the whole thing. It's it was. It was pretty cool because they were they were cool guys. They were laughing and joking, you know. We go past the 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 graveyard, and he points out this is all our former clients, you know. And it was a lot of fun. It was it was a lot of good humor. I wonder if they still make those jokes. <laughs> I don't know about that last one, but
0: so all right. So take us through what happened that day, from from when you first were, you know, like whatever kind of training they do, to through the uh, how it how everything played out.
3: Uh, we, we parked at a certain spot and then we still had to walk up, uh, you know, several hundred feet to, to get to the launch zone, um, helping them carry the, the bags and stuff up there. Once we got up there we split up, my wife was with one pilot. Uh, I was with the other pilot and, uh, they were setting up the wing and they had us help stick the support rods in and, you know, they were behind us checking it all out. Then came time to put the, uh, safety harness on. So, you know, he opens it up, puts it in front of me. Okay, put your foot here, put your foot here, pulls it up. And then uh, he grabs the the top part of it and, okay, put your hands through here, your head goes here, and he cinches it all up. And then there's a bar that hangs from my harness that uh, once we're airborne, I put my feet on and it levels me out. So you're in kind of a Superman position. Yeah, yeah. He had to get that just my height of, you know, the depth of my feet. So he set everything up on my, my safety harness perfectly. And then we practiced running. I had to grab a, a handle on his right shoulder and there was a hand grip on his left side also. So we practiced the run probably three or four times just so we were in sync and we you know got things going fast enough to get off the hill. After that, we walked underneath the glider, which was set up and ready to go. And uh, he was doing a little checking behind him, which... Uh, this is my first time hand gliding, so I'm not sure what's going on, what we do or anything. I didn't do any research on it. My wife set this up, so so I I, I assumed everything was good. We were ready to roll. So we walked up to the edge of the, the hill there, and we waited probably two, three minutes because they, they have little uh, flags on sticks, and they wait for the wind to blow up the hill because there's there's a big lake in the distance and the wind blows up the hill and it's a perfect launch place. Cause you can just, as soon as you go off, it starts pulling you up. There's such a, a breeze coming up. So when the, uh, the flag started going pretty good, he says, let's go, let's go one, two, three run. And then we, we ran and you're supposed to run till your feet leave the ground. And as soon as my feet left the ground, I was in a precarious situation. Uh, didn't know if I did something wrong, if I didn't, Put my feet in the, you know, I'm supposed to drop the bar that I'm supposed to stand on. And I had no clue what was going on. People, people were asking, how come you didn't just jump right off? Well, in the video, it looks like I could, but actually I couldn't. It was, it was way too high. The video was deceiving in that area. You got some altitude pretty quickly. Oh yeah. By the time I was trying to grab on and look up and see what was going on, I was already over a farmhouse, you know, and gaining altitude. Did he,
0: obviously the pilot must have immediately realized something was wrong.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm supposed to be floating above him. And in turn, I was hanging below him. Did he, what, did he say anything to you at that point? Or it it was a struggle at first. We were both trying to, I didn't know what was going on. I'm grabbing, I'm, you know, trying to get a handhold. And uh, he looked like he was, trying to figure out what just happened. And I think he realized pretty quick. So he was trying to grab and try to pull me up a little bit, but he couldn't pull my weight up. And I couldn't pull my weight up because, you know, it was just a dead hang pretty much. And I I think that's what caused us to veer off to the right immediately. Uh, In the video, we veer off to the right and uh, there's houses and there's some open fields there next to the houses. But uh, I don't think he could have landed there. Because the wind was coming up the hill so hard that I don't think we would have even remotely landed anywhere on there. Because he, when, when
0: he first realized it near the beginning of the flight, I think he tried to land
3: pretty quickly, right? It, it looked that way. It looked that way. But I don't think there was a spot. And the way the wind was blowing and when you're I, – I, I'm not an expert at hand gliding by any means, but uh, there's the triangular brace that's that's in the middle of it that they hang on to and they can turn and do all their maneuvers. To get the tip of the hand glider back down, they have to pull themselves in between that and move the weight distribution up front to get the glider to go back down. Well, he was stuck in back and I was hanging on the landing gear. So there was no way to get the tip of that <laughs> glider down. All right. You guys were in
0: a, sort of a permanent uh, gain altitude position.
3: Yeah, we were just kind of plowing, plowing through the air down the hill because it was, you know, there was no way to to angle that nose down.
0: What What do you think your altitude was uh, at that point? Or I don't even
3: know. I don't even know. Um, once we got uh, we've made the left again, and you know everybody says we gained altitude. Well, we didn't gain altitude. The hill just fell away from us. So. Uh,
0: I don't know how many other people do this, but I like to plan my weekly meals. Maybe I'm just weird, but I like quick and easy. That's just one of the benefits you can get with Cook Unity. Go to cookunity.com slash what or enter code what before checkout to get 50% off your first week. One of the dishes I recently had was the Green Goddess Falafel Bowl. Ah, oh, I loved it. The falafel was seasoned perfectly, and I love how crispy it is on the outside, but really moist on the inside. It's a signature dish of Enat Admoni. She's known around the world as a chef. You've probably seen her on TV. And her dishes are made right here in Florida. So I'm supporting local business, and I love that. And the convenience of Cook Unity is crazy. I mean, I've got podcast episodes to produce. I don't have time for cooking. These meals are delivered fully cooked. So when it's time to eat, I pick a meal based on my mood for that day. I heat it for a few minutes and enjoy. The menus are updated every week, so there's always something new to try. You can choose from over 350 meals based on your dietary needs or taste preferences, or go wild and have CookUnity pick for you, because every meal is just amazing.
1: Make the best meal plan ever with the convenience, chef-level quality, and endless variety of CookUnity. Go to cookunity.com what or enter code what before checkout for 50% off your first week. That's 50% off your first week by using code WHAT or going to cookunity.com slash WHAT.
0: Something I've been recently making a deliberate effort with is to read more. There are lots of books I want to read, and I try to read every day, even if it's just a few pages. That little bit each day adds up, and it can make a big difference. It's like taking care of your gut. Even though it's not big, it supports the health of your whole body. Seed's DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits not just your gut and your heart, which aren't outwardly visible, but your skin too, which you can see. Every morning it's the same thing, two capsules of Seed DSO-1. And sometimes I wonder, is it normal to feel this great? It helps support digestive health with optimal gut bacteria levels. And thankfully that's all backed up by science and all the supporting data is on their website. If you're trying to avoid sugar, soy, peanuts, or gluten, you're good to go. And I was reading the literature and I thought, you had me at vegan, because it's that too. And if you have kids, dso one is the first multi-strain symbiotic shown to be tolerable and health-promoting in a cohort of children aged 3 to 17. And you can use this promo code to give it a try.
1: Trust your gut with Seeds DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash what and use code 25what to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO-1, Daily Symbiotic, at seed.com slash what, code 25what.
2: Hey, do you have trouble sleeping? Then maybe you should check out the Sleepy Podcast. It's a show where I read old books in the public domain to help you get to sleep. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of- Classic stories like A Tale of Two Cities, Pride and Prejudice, Winnie the Pooh. Stories that are great for adults and kids alike. For years now, Sleepy has helped millions of people catch some much-needed Z's, start their next day off fresh, and discover old books that they didn't know they loved. So, whether you have a tough time snoozing, or you just like a good bedtime story, fluff up the cool side of your pillow and tune into Sleepy. Unless you're driving, then... Please don't listen to Sleepy. Find Sleepy on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes each week. Sweet dreams.
3: Based on the size of the little cars that look like ants below me, I I don't know. I would say 1,000 plus feet. The elevation of that hill was 4,000 feet, so I'm not sure exactly how high we were. but to the ground, it was four thousand foot.
0: It's far enough down that if you fell down or if you dropped, you're, oh, was, yeah. yeah, you're not going to make it. No. Nope. When the video, when I saw the video on YouTube, you had, I guess you did. You edit the video yourself? Yeah, yeah. I kind of mess around okay. with stuff like that. So, okay, and and obviously. The little, you know, the annotations and the, you know, the, the graphics that you put on it was, you know, there was a level of humor involved, um, and it, you know, now that you're looking back on it, it you can, you can laugh, but I gotta say, you, you had to have been just scared to
3: death, though. Uh, you know, I don't know if it was scared. Um, I, I just tried to stay calm the whole way down. Um, just concentrating on. I mean, at one point when I looked down. I envisioned myself falling. I I kind of saw myself falling through the air in my mind. And that's when I just decided that that's not an option. And I'm just going to hang on as hard as I can. And you were
0: only hanging on with your hands, right? I mean, yeah. it's not like you could get that bar under your uh, under your arm or, you know, to get a better leverage or anything, right? Uh,
3: yeah, if, if you know, hindsight, if I would have thought about getting both hands on that bar, because my right hand was just searching for something to grab onto most of the time and ended up being hanging onto the fabric of his pant leg at the end, which wouldn't have done me anything if I lost my grip with my left hand. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, if I, if I would have really thought about it and grabbed both hands on that bar or pulled myself up and put my elbow around it or, or something you know, that probably would have been a little easier. I guess you'll know that for next time. Then. Yeah. Yeah. Next <laughs> time i will bring an extra bungee cords with me. So I don't have to worry about that. Right.
0: Yeah. And so you, and I understand you tore a muscle in your bicep.
3: That's the tendon. Right? The bicep tendon is split. Uh, as the, the bicep is, biceps is two muscles one's a thicker muscle which is the the bigger part of it and one's a thinner one which holds by a tendon to your shoulder and that, that one kind of split cuz i was i was holding on too long and that was on your left
0: arm that was on the bar the whole yeah. time right? Yeah. okay yeah. did do you know did could you
3: tell exactly when that happened Oh, no uh-huh it was uh it was after i got out of the hospital i really i realized that you know it, it when you work out and you do a little too much and you kind of pull your muscle out a little bit, my bicep felt like that and it wasn't going away. And then, uh, I think I was in the hotel room with my sling on and I was moving something and my tricep muscle popped at the same time. And I was like, there's something wrong with my arm here. But that must've happened in flight. Oh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Uh, you know, I, I read a quote by someone in the saying that, you know, normal person uses 40% of their strength. And, uh, he says, if I tore a uh, tendon in one of my muscles, then I use over 100%. And so even after that muscle was torn, you were, you still kept hanging on. I had, I had no other choice.
0: <laughs> you, were, yeah, you weren't necessarily using that muscle so much to hang though. It was more like your hands, right?
3: right. Was that, right. Is that where you felt the weakness was in, in, in your, in your hand? I don't know if it was a weakness or, uh, I didn't really feel anything, but, you know, just holding on was the only thing on my mind. I wasn't, you know, this is hurting or anything. I, I just, I just locked on and that's, that's pretty much what I did. And it could have happened when I, my feet hit the ground and I got, my grip got pulled off. Maybe that's, maybe that's when it tore. I don't know. What's interesting is, um, the whole, the, the, the total time that you were
0: hanging was, I believe, two minutes and 14 seconds. Yes. Yeah. You know, just hearing that number, it doesn't seem like a very long time. Yeah. But now. For somebody, you know, go find a chin up bar or something, and just hang there for a couple of minutes and yeah, see, yeah,
3: see how long it is, right?
0: Yeah, especially I mean, when you're in a situation like that where you're thousands of feet above the ground. Man, and I,
3: I thought it was—I thought it took forever. Uh, I thought I, I was guessing because since my wife took off before I did, and I landed before she did. She was up in the air for like 15 minutes. So I'm thinking it was like five minutes. But when I got the video back, I looked at it and I'm like, all right, only two minutes, 14 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: when did she understand? When did she realize that uh, you guys were having a problem?
3: She really didn't know the actual true story until we were in the ER. And uh, she, uh, the pilot went with us to the ER and he sat with us the whole time. So he got up to go get his car, his keys, or go to the bathroom or something. And she's like, what, did you just land hard? Because she never knew what happened. She said, did you land bad? Did your hand come down or something? And I'm like, I was never attached. And that's when her mouth hit the floor. And she's like, are you kidding me? Wow. Well, it's kind of better that she didn't know when when it it was happening, right? Right.
0: Talk about the landing. How did that happen? When you, like, I mean, how how far off the ground were you
3: when you dropped? I my feet actually touched the ground. It's the, it's a GoPro that was filming it, so it's got the fish eye. So it looks like we're actually higher or higher than we were, but uh uh we we're coming in and I saw the ground coming up and I was, you know, very glad to see it because I had about another 5 seconds left in my left hand grip. I mean, it was my hand was opening and I didn't have much left in me. But uh I looked down and I just, you know, pointed my toes a little bit and Cause we were coming in about 45 miles an hour. And, uh, soon as my toes hit the ground, it just kind of pulled my grip off. And I just hit the ground pretty hard and did a couple of, of flips or rolls. And I sat up and I, I just, you know, composed myself and, you know, I just, uh, I hit the ground. It didn't knock the wind out of me or anything. I sat up and I, I just was like, wow, what just happened? And then I'm like, something's not right. And I looked down at my wrist and it was all bulged out and I can just start feeling the dull, you know, something's not right feeling. And so I knew, I looked down and I says, my wrist is broken.
0: Still that's, you know, I mean, think about if you fell out of a car at 45 miles an hour, Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, you could have been, it could have been a lot worse. Definitely. Oh yeah.
3: Good thing I had a helmet on, uh, you know, cause I did my, I did hit my face. My glasses pushed in a little bit. I got a scrape on my forehead, my left bicep was just ripped to pieces uh like I drug it on a street after come falling out of a car. Yeah. So the pilot kind of dropped you off yeah. and then he continued and landed. How far away was he when he stopped? I think he was about 100 feet or so. Uh he, he flew over a fence post and he ended up landing in a gun range because there's a gun range. I don't know why they have a gun range just above their landing strip but there's a gun range there. So he landed in a gun range. That could have been a whole other
0: level oh, of yeah. complexity to this story, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. So he he got himself unbuckled pretty quick. And in my portion of the video, which I didn't post, I mean, he was breathing so heavy just, you know, because it, it took everything he had to get that thing down how he did. So he was just gasping for air, and he unhooked, and he went – he came up to me, and he just said, just don't get up. Don't get up. Just stay still. Stay still. Stay, you know, he's, he's – expecting I'm going to shock out or something. And I just said, my wrist is broken. I I don't know how I stayed calm through the whole thing for some reason. Um, I said, my wrist is broken. We need to go get this taken care of. I says, you know, he's like, just stay still, just stay still. And I'm like, I'm fine. I can get up. So we got, you know
0: what? Sometimes people in shock think they're fine. Yeah. I know. I can get up, you know?
3: Yeah. I kind of knew it. I just, I knew my wrist was broken and that's the only thing I felt that was, that was off.
0: Just as a complete aside, what kind of work do you do? I mean, are you
3: exposed to emergency situations at all? No, I. I, Up until this week, I was a parts manager at a Porsche Volkswagen dealership. Okay, it's not
0: like you're an EMT or something that you see emergencies on a regular
3: basis. I got I got four brothers and a sister, so I've seen enough of you know broken arms and blood and gore, so. That's it's good to know how you'll react in a situation like that though cuz most people don't know cuz they've never been exposed to that. And that's I think that's the whole thing is just uh, just remaining calm and and thinking things through instead of uh, freaking out. I mean I've had so many people say how how weren't you not screaming your brains out and freaking out and I think if I did that I wouldn't have held on. Right. Cuz uh, that uh, that you use up more energy doing that and uh, that's right. Panic, panic is never definitely. good yeah it's never good so
0: so how did you get to the hospital were you did you land near a road so an ambulance could get to you or
3: what happened then? The field I landed in was uh i think it was pretty much a cow pasture and then after that was the gun range and then a few more uh fields up was the actual landing landing site, so the road went behind the, everything so once we got stood up and started walking, he says. We need to get to the road so our van can pick you up. So we, we start getting over there. So I had to climb underneath two electric fences with a broken wrist. He's like, duck down lower, duck down lower, you know. So climbed underneath two electric fences and got to the road. And we walked down the road a little bit. And then his, his partner with the van came pulling up. And they're like, we're taking you to the hospital. It's right over here. It's, it's, it's real quick. Come on, get in. And I'm like, I'm not getting in anything until my wife is sitting here with me. And how far away was she? She was down. She was at the regular landing site. She was, she was waiting for me to land. She, she asked her pilot, she asked her pilot. She's like, uh, when's my husband coming in? Which way is he coming in? And he kind of saw us on the way down because she has a video of her flight and it's beautiful. And coming into landing, I see him looking down to our area and, you know, he's like, I think he's down already. There might've been an issue. So she's like, all right, whatever. So she's, she's just having a statement of the year. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we, we pulled the van around, uh, to the actual, uh, hand gliding place and my wife's standing there just looking around, having a beer, just waiting for me to show up. And I'm like, yeah, come here. we got to go to the hospital. That's when, you know, we, uh, we all got in and we went to the, the emergency room and, You know, it took, it took a while. We did some x-rays and went back and did some more x-rays and they told us, you know, it's going to have to be, it's going to have to have surgery to, to repair it. So we, I was given the option of doing it now today or when I get back home and we just got there. So we had eight more or seven more days left. So we just decided, let's just do it now. And the, the pilot the pilot stayed with us the entire time. I mean, his insurance, his flight's insurance covered everything, so we didn't have to do anything there. He uh, he stayed with us until it was like 11 p.m. I didn't get surgery yet because it's Switzerland with a lot of mountains, and the helicopter brought three other people in while I was in there who were in worse shape than I was. So I, I got pushed back on the the surgery table, so... It was, uh, I was scheduled to go in at eleven thirty PM. And, uh, at 11 o'clock, I just told my wife, I'm like, you can't do nothing for me here. I mean, uh, I'm going to be whacked out in surgery. I said, just, you know, he, he was going to drive her back to the hotel. And I said, just, just go back to the hotel and, you know, get me some clean clothes and come back tomorrow. So she did, she wasn't too happy about that, but She did, and uh, I went into surgery at 11.30, and I didn't get out till 3.30 a.m. It was interesting waking up uh, out of anesthesia in a strange hospital with everybody speaking German. It took me a while to to figure that one out. And and so how long were you in the hospital? I got out of the hospital at like 3 o'clock the next day, the next afternoon. So it was from uh our flight was it was before noon so it was only you know a day or so a little over a day
0: and and you continued your vacation from there
3: yeah we we went sightseeing and stuff i i, I took it easy for a day at the ho- the hotel you know we we had to go get more bandages and treatments and stuff and i had to keep taking my sling off it was there was a brace and a sling that was wrapped. So I had to keep taking that off every day and putting new bandages on. And we ended up, you know, we, we didn't get to do what we wanted to do. We wanted to go golfing. We wanted to go hiking. You know, we didn't get to do that. But uh, we, we hopped on the train and we went to uh, Lucerne and saw the Lucerne lion that's carved into the wall in uh, Lucerne. And we, we just went around and checked different places out the restaurants and shops and the views, you know, just checking things out.
0: Yeah. You're already there. Why yeah, not? Right. Yeah. Do you, un- do you have any idea what actually happened as to w- you know, why did this go wrong? Did it, was it just simple forgetfulness
3: or uh, did you talk to the pilot about it? I didn't really, well, he, we questioned him when we got to the hospital my wife was questioning him a lot. And uh, after the fact, my wife and I spoke about it and I, I asked her how her pilot went through the whole process. And her pilot verbally announced everything he was doing as he was doing it. My pilot, you know, well, once we got the, the harness on and we got underneath there, he didn't. I think it was just he must have got distracted and just skipped a few steps because he didn't verbalize any of that.
0: Right. He just had his mental checklist that he's probably done hundreds of times. Yes. Yeah. Uh, you think of something that's that ingrained and you've done it so long to how can you forget
3: such a critical step? That just seems really odd, but Hey, everyone's a human, right? We can all, and that's how I'm looking at it. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm alive to tell the story. You know, I got, you know, two surgeries coming up still. I'm going to have to have the plates removed from my wrist, uh, next month. And then my shoulder scoped out the month after that. So he's human. He, he, did all he could in the video. You can see he's, he's flying with one hand holding onto my safety harness and, you know, trying to make a beeline landing, getting us down quick. So it's human error. I I really can't, you know, point fingers. I'm not that way.
0: And it sounds like, I I would, at least I'm just imagining that throughout this
3: flight, as scared as you were, he must have been just terrified himself. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Like I said, when he got to the ground, he was gasping for air. I mean, it took all he had to to get us down and do that. So, and I understand that, uh, or I read that
0: the the incident is being investigated by flight authorities
3: in Switzerland. Or what? what do you know what's happening there? Uh, I've heard that too, but uh, he actually went and reported himself he went to the swiss lying authorities and reported himself and told them the whole incident and you know the guy was devastated he he's never going to forget this for the rest of his life i mean he he felt absolutely horrible about it because he and he couldn't explain what what had happened he says i i don't know it was just human error i i don't know what happened he he reported himself and i don't think there's really an investigation i think they just might be updating their safety standards a little bit uh from from all the hand gliding places that i've received calls from that want to give me a free ride now um they <laughs> free say hand that, gliding for life huh? no, just, just about yeah they uh they all you know talk about doing a hang check a lot of people talk about doing a hang check is when the the glider is on the ground you hook yourselves in and then you just hang from the the, the guy the wires holding you up and then you get up and you go just to verify that you're locked in.
0: When I'm watching the video, it looks like we're watching from behind, mm-hmm. but it looks like there's another camera out front swinging yeah. back and forth. Yeah. Is there
3: another video facing you guys? Uh, that was their camera. My, my GoPro was uh, taped to the back tail of that thing pointing down so that my mm-hmm. camera was attached to the back. Um, his camera may or may have not even been on. Because it, oh, okay. was, it was flopping back and forth. I mean, he wasn't touching it. He was just worried about getting me down. Right. If there wasn't any footage on there. I'm sure it's been deleted. Uh, <laughs> by the time I got my camera back, when I was in the ER, uh, the camera footage was deleted. Also. Wait a minute. Say that again. What was deleted? My footage off of my camera was deleted. How did you? How did? How did you still have the video then? A uh, place called salvagedata.com. They undelete uh video, they dig down into all the sectors and they re they pull the video out and rebuild it. It's they, they do hard drives when the uh, hard drives crash and they, they retrieve mm-hmm. information, that's what they specialize in. So I sent it off to them and they pulled the whole video back.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. You know, because my primary business is computer repair and I do data recovery myself. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I mean, a lot of times people think they can just format a drive and all the stuff's gone, but it's not not really gone, obviously, because that's amazing that they were able to get that back. And you, what did the hang gliding place say
3: about why that was deleted? Uh, You know, the, the, I I don't know if I, if it was my company, I don't know if I would have done the same thing, just trying to do damage control because, you know, the last thing I want to do is, is put someone out of business. Last thing I want to do is hurt a whole community of people that do this for a living. I mean, I, I've, I've been reached out to by umpteen hand gliding associations wanting to know if I'd be willing to help them in their safety procedures or, you know, I was told that I brought a lot of attention to hand gliding again. And I just, you know, it's not what I, but is this good attention though? That's the question. It's brought attention to it. And I, I think that uh, if they do the safety checks, like everybody says they should be doing, you know, that's, that's the way it should be done. But uh wasn't my intention putting this video on to hurt that or to to make it look bad. Pretty much have a YouTube page just to throw stupid videos on to show my family and friends. You know, I got a lot of movie trailers and stuff, and we go on trips, and I'll add my video, and I'll share it with my family and friends. No idea that that video was going to do what it did.
0: Yeah, it's it's kind of gone viral a little bit, huh? Oh, Yeah. If I were in their shoes, I would be thinking, man, this guy's an American. Americans sue everybody. And what do we what what do we have to do to protect ourselves?
3: Well, we we did, we did actually uh, talk with a lawyer in Switzerland. Not really to to, you know, retire, you know, from suing the pants off of so many. We just wanted to know what our legal rights were. Switzerland's an entirely different uh, country than the U.S. It's, it doesn't have ambulance chasers. They put a cap on things over there. So what what we get back if we, you know, did do a lawsuit or anything would be anything we've lost, you know, any funds that we've lost because this happened. So, you know, we went on and bought bandages and we took all our dirty clothes and stuck them in my my wife's suitcase. And we went to the post office and mailed that back to our house. So we didn't have to carry two big suitcases. I had a 70 pound camera backpack that I wasn't going to be able to handle. My wife probably wasn't either. So we bought another case for that. So we, you know, my watch, my watch got ripped off my arm. I don't know where that is. Uh, Just, just, you know, it's, it's whatever you've lost. So just yeah, reimbursing what, yeah, what you expect your expenses were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here's the big question. Would you try it again?
3: Definitely. Definitely. Um, My wife wants to do it again. She had a fabulous trip. I mean, just, she's apprehensive to share her video or any of her pictures because of what happened to me but uh i saw the pictures and i saw her video and it was absolutely beautiful i mean you can see the the background when i take off the the mm-hmm. lake and the oh the, yeah it's awesome and she and she was even higher so she was she said it was like flying effortlessly just soaring through the sky so i do want to try it again um yeah it's something i i think i should do to get over this
0: well yeah um and thinking from you know, from a statistical standpoint, the uh, hand gliding is a it's it's like skydiving. You know, it's a it's a from the numbers, it's a very safe sport. And yeah. for something yeah. like this yeah. to happen, what happened to you is just such a small, small chance. I mean, if you go again, the
3: chances of it happening a second time got to be
0: astronomical. Ben, it's just me. That's yeah. my bad
3: luck, right? <laughs> right no, right. it's 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 like a one in a million kind of thing. I mean, you don't hear of this happening much at all. I did a little research on uh, Google, just trying to see if there was anybody else that did the same, had the same thing happened. I have, didn't find many that lived to tell the story, but uh, uh, one that came up was a girl in, uh, in Canada that did it. And she was unhooked and the pilot had her wrapped in her legs underneath her and she fell to her death. And I, I think in that instance, the pilot uh, actually took the SD card out of the camera and swallowed it. Yeah. But you know what, though? Even that doesn't destroy it. <laughs> no, no. And they got it back. They got it back. And he was charged with criminal neglect or something like that. So, and, and that's not I'm not looking to put anybody in a bad spot. I think the guy, uh, you know, he's, he feels horrible about the whole situation and he will probably for the rest of his life. Yep. He'll never forget it. And you'll never forget it. Nope. Well, Chris, that's a wild story. Is there anything, any
0: aspect of it that we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk
3: about? When people ask me if, you know, I do it again, I say, yeah. And they're like, you're crazy. And, uh, you know, we go on trips every third year or something like that to a different country. We try something different. I'm 54 years old now. I'm, you know, still young enough to get around and go do this stuff. And I'm gonna live my life. You know, I'm not going to be scared to go somewhere or do something that might look scary because i can i can die driving to work in my car so i'd rather while i'm doing something fun i agree that's the way to look at it
0: well i appreciate you coming on here taking your time it's a i love this story and um uh, good luck on your next hang gliding trip thank you thank you thanks for listening to this episode My goal for each show is to introduce you to people and stories that you just won't find on other podcasts. If you want to help support the show, you just need to subscribe and that way you'll never miss an episode. You can click on any of the subscribe buttons on the website, which is whatwasthatlike.com. You'll see all the links right there at the top where you can subscribe directly to this show on Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, Google play music, Spotify, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or on whatever app you use to catch your podcasts. And you'll see there are also links to Twitter and Instagram, so you can follow us there, and I hope you do. And if you really want to connect with me and get in on the discussion with other listeners to this show, you can join our private Facebook group. You can find that at whatwasthatlike.com forward slash Facebook. And, of course, you can always email me directly at scott at com or just go to the website and click on contact. I'd love to hear what you think of this episode or a previous episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you on the next show where we'll once again ask the question, what was that like?